Welcome to Expert Extra, a new feature of the Inside 254 podcast, where we sit down with an expert in a field to help us and you make sense of current events. We hope you enjoy it. I'm on the phone right now. I'm talking to Doc Waller. Um, who I've known for many years, and he's actually one of the most accomplished men I know who uses creativity, confidence, and persistence to achieve his goals and make his dreams become reality. So just as a little background, Doc runs a company called Doc and Company right now in Atlanta, but he's an award-winning stage performer. He's worked in New York, in the theater. He was in the Air Force. He's been a personal trainer. He, he has this wonderful, accomplished background with all these different types of goals. And he has started organizations and nonprofits and companies, and, and he's really driven to continue doing better and finding you know, the sweet spot of those three elements, creativity, confidence, and persistence. And I felt like you know, I felt like you would be a great person to talk to for our listeners because we're sort of in the season of renewal and growth, right? This is, right. you know, we're beginning the year and everybody wants to do something different or become better or, you know, people make resolutions and, oh, I want right. to, well, but I'm, I'm much more of a practical person and I, you know, and I, I want to kind of bring that practicality to this conversation to encourage our listeners to you know you kind of like you can achieve your dreams but there are things that you need to think about and do and and I feel like harnessing these three characteristics is sort of essential to achieving goals and dreams and and you're the perfect person to talk to about this doc so thank you so much for talking to us on Inside 254. Well you know what I I love I love well first of all I've done so many different interviews and it's always good to know that you're being interviewed or having a conversation with someone who gets it, but also, but also gets you. It's almost like I, from now on, I'm not going to do any more podcasts with anyone who hasn't known me for like seven plus years. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a great place to start from because, you know, in terms of creativity or persistence, that's that's very visual to you in terms of who I am. You know what I mean? Because yeah. anything that I put anything that I put out within the last year or so, you can you can see the difference between that and what I've done many years ago. So it's a it, it's a really good um, safe place to be. <clears throat> excuse me, talking to you this morning. So well, thank good. You for having me. Absolutely. Well, th- and thank you. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that we're starting sort of from a a, a higher foundation <laughs> of understanding. Right, right, right. Um, so. Exactly. So, so talk to me a little bit about how um, creativity and confidence really led you to your current company that you've started, because it is, it is a, a new iteration of prior organizations right. that I've seen you begin. You know, you right. had the Lehman Group back in Auburn where we met, and then there were some other, and then you moved to Atlanta, and there were some other iterations, and, you know, you did a TED Talk, and, you know, so you, you've had success at each level, but I've noticed that as you've developed the company and then started something and then it sort of I just see it from my perspective so I'd like to know from your perspective sort of what happened like did it not work the way you thought and then how did you harness your creativity and confidence to push through and try again with a new version that word man it's just it's just some I, I love conversations where when someone says a word 
that word hasn't come out of my mouth in a while, and it's almost reassuring. It, it almost reaffirms what I'm doing. And so the word iteration is just one that gives me such a good feeling because it's creativity. It, creativity is really not so much nailing it, but there's a there's a tangible, and you say practicality, there's a tangible practical side of creativity that is literally how many iterations can I last um, until I find my most accurate or or prominent or correct version? And I think that's what's been going on for the past, good gracious, four five years with me. It's just it, it's just putting putting dumping a bunch of creativity into a pot and cooking up something and putting it on a plate and eating it. And saying, hmm, this is not it, or oh, this is perfect, or this is great, um, and then and then sliding that plate across the table to an audience, and them saying, hmm, this is good, or this is not great. You know what I mean? And I've never, <laughs> I'm the uh, I'm the three bears or the Goldilocks and the three bears were the were the porridge. I don't even know. Look at the my, <laughs> my right. My, my fairy tale story uh, uh, history is kind of kind of mixed, but like I've never passed a dish across the table to an audience and I'm saying and and they said perfect, this is it. Or I've never cooked up something and and set it down and and eaten it myself and said oh this is perfect until earlier this year. Now that is, now that doesn't go for that doesn't go for me handing whatever I've created into an, over to an audience because I've been quiet for a long time because I've been because I've been cooking up. Right. You know what I mean, I've been I've been putting these ideas into videos, into writing, having interns in my studio, producing content, producing series, and you sit back and you watch it, and I I haven't gotten to a place to where I feel like oh. This is the this is the recipe that I'm going to move with for the next five years. It's always been okay. I like this recipe now, and so what? Doc and Company is that iteration, is that mix of ingredients that I feel. Oh, this finally feels like me, you know? Because, yeah. because look, in, in 2013, I left the professional theater, and I sat down. I sat down across uh, this lady that I know in Auburn at the museum and I and I asked her for money. I, I opened up my laptop and I had this kind of like presentation of this uh, this idea that, that I wanted to do. And, and I ended up walking away from that meeting with, you know, a, a sum of money that she invested in me to allow me to create that. And let me tell, let me tell you how far off that was. <laughs> See, and that's the thing. I, I think people are so afraid, so afraid of failure. And you know, you've heard me say this, and I've heard you say this. But I think wow. generally, I know I meet tons and tons of people. They're so afraid of failure, whether it's students, whether it's people taking my workshop, whether it's just friends. People are just afraid of failure. And I, I, I know I always say, and I know you do. You embrace the idea too. You, ha you have to fail. You have to try, and all those tries right. are not going to turn out to be, like you say, the perfect gourmet meal. It, you're going to screw it up. You're going to not make the right decision. You're going to not make the right – you put, not put the right spice in. You're going to not – and that's okay, right. you know? Right. <clears throat> so I think you know, it's good that you know, you're going to talk about that. 
You, you know why? You know why people are afraid to fail? Why? Because they haven't embraced the reality that the the work is actually the success. Right. The journey. Yeah. The journey. They they haven't tapped into that. They haven't tapped into that moment. That visual. It's almost like the end of the Notebook, where the two elder people are sitting in the in the in the group home, mm-hmm. and they they can't visualize that moment talking to their grandchildren, saying, mm-hmm. "I attempted this," mm-hmm. and their grandchildren going, "Oh wow, Grandpa, I'm really proud of you." They can't they can't visualize having honor. And saying this is what I attempted year after year after year. Mm-hmm. The only thing that they feel there's honor in is this is uh, this is what got me on the cover of the magazine, or this is what got me a million dollars uh, a round investment, or this is what got me the honorary degree at this, you know, whatever. Right. The end result. It's like it's all about the end result, not about and, – and you're right. I think it's more – if everybody – if we all focused more on the journey and, and those little moments of success along the way, I think people would be right. a hell of a lot happier. <laughs> how, how, long, how long do we have it? And, and we're, we're in a world – we're in a world where we're screwing up the definition of – of value or worth or honor when it comes to when it comes to jumping into things and it's just like man like i I almost want to i like just even talking to you now i almost want to stop everything and just work towards redefining that we are on a completely incorrect paradigm working towards anything that doesn't give us anything that doesn't equate to honor in the in the journey or in the fight you know what i mean and so um the point i was going to make is that this is how far off i was when (laughs) when i was talking to the lady years ago i said i want to be the next bill cosby did you really i didn't know that (laughs) think about think about how like far from that i am right now because of everything that's gone on oh my god you know what i mean like yeah like that was that was my visual (laughs) And so that was that was my kind of target, like his his representation in society in terms of a vocal leader, a creative, an artist, and things like that. Right. And so it, it's so funny. It's so funny that that visual was is just a pinata that got beat to hell. Right. Over the years, you know. And so, so now, so now I realize, oh, you 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 shouldn't shoot towards these visuals of success. And instead of telling her that. I should have said, this is what I want to accomplish. Right. Right? And so it, it just so happened that her husband was a big fan of Bill Cosby, and this is all, like, pre-scandal. And so and so that kind of, like, rung a bell with her. Sure. And also, you know, and so, so I, I was lucky to walk away with some support. But, like, I mean, at that point, the company's name was getting anti-gravity. That's becoming right. Possible, becoming possible wasn't even a thing. And so becoming possible turned into honor the day right. and then on it was this company was literally named honor the day two days before i put out put that 2018 video out <laughs> so it, it changed even that so wow so I, so talk yeah. about your process then um changing changing the name right so it started as getting anti-gravity turned into right. becoming possible isn't that the title of your book 
Yes, it is. And yes, then, is. and then that became Honor the Day, and now it's Doc and Company. Right. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, like most people would start with the you know, the name that has your name in it. Like, I think this is you are one hundred percent correct. You are one hundred percent. I like. I went the other way, and so, and so which is great. But talk about that. I, I think you'll understand the. Uh, You'll understand the, I think, the metaphor of, of creative in Alabama, <laughs> where where 90% of the things that you talk about don't have an audience to land on. Right. And so when I, I went back to the area, and, you know, I have friends or whatever who are from my hometown, and, and, and you know, I talk about getting anti-gravity, and it was, that was the, that was the subject of my TEDx Atlanta talk. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of why I kind of went with that. But it just didn't resonate with people. And it's not so much that it didn't resonate with people. It resonated with people in an incorrect way. It was like, what are you, what is it? I don't, I don't understand. You know what I mean? It's yeah, so, I do. Yeah, it, it's so. It, it, it was it, almost, it, and I hate to say this, but it, it was almost too creative for the audience. Scary. You know, because, you know, I'm a rhetorician and I'm looking at how does the audience perceive a message. And this is where I would say that probably your creativity exceeded what your audience was ready to receive. One hundred percent. And 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 speaking of that, that's funny that you say that. Like you you know me from the nonprofit arts organization that I created, and and the very first, and it was even even before we met, mm-hmm. the very first thing that I did when I came back from New York, when I when I started this organization, the very first public event that I did was was a um, improvisational dance exhibition on the ideals of masculinity in East in East Alabama. Wow. And, yeah, that's and before was, we met. That's amazing. It was, it was so off target <laughs> that that at, at the end of it, I was like, okay, the, 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 I guess the people that came here got it, but what kind of audience are you talking to, Doc? Like, like what did you what did you actually accomplish by doing that? And, and so the further and further I got with the layman group, the more I the more I told myself, all I need to be doing is having discussions. So all of my projects be- became less and less creative and less and less artsy-fartsy and hoity-toity and more about, let's just put people in a room and talk. Right. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of the same trajectory that getting anti-gravity took is where, let me define what the action, what do I want, what do I want people to do? Oh, I want them to become possible. And so that, that changed. And then, you know what? I just want people to appreciate the day that they're in and live the most in that. And that changed honor the day. And so, and so now it's, it's, it's this process of like the most difficult thing for creatives to do is to minimize, is to, to peel, peel the onion and get to the core. And that actually is a part of that uh, iteration. It's okay. How can I, how can I peel back? How can I carve away all of these layers of, um, confusion or ego or lack of clarity and get to the core of what. And so essentially, you know, all I want to do is build community. I want to build this massive online community that attempts and approaches their day-to-day life in a certain way with a certain perspective, with, with a certain appreciation for ambition and vision and composure. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if I were to if I were to paint what my objective looked like, 
if I were to paint what, what this entire company looks like, it would be a picture of me and a whole bunch of other people in a room sitting around having coffee. And so I looked at that and was yeah. like, oh, Doc, Doc and company. You know what I mean? And yeah. So, I just wanted to, to really get to the core of it. I wanted to get to the center of the Tootsie Roll pocket, so that's why Doc and Company That's came. awesome. So talk, talk to me about confidence, because I think a lot, of, a lot of this, in addition to creativity, confidence has a lot to do with it. And I, I often tell people when I do workshops, you have, to, you, know, you have to act like you have confidence sometimes, even though you may not have it yet. You have to you have to put that out there when you're trying to pursue when you're trying to talk somebody into giving you money for a project or you're trying to get someone to buy something or you're trying to start, you know, an online community or a business. You have to project even if you don't feel it internally. Um, It's wonderful once you get to the point where you feel that internal confidence. But confidence to me also has something to do with it. So I wanted to find out from your perspective, like what role do you see confidence having in, in this process of pursuing goals, pursuing dreams, making things come true for yourself? Here, here's what confidence is. Everyone should visualize confidence like this. You're sitting in a room full of, full of people that don't speak your language and confidence is your translator. That's what confidence does with your vision. It, it translates what you really should be doing and really should be thinking. And so the, and, w- and what I mean by that is you, you think you know what you should be doing. You think you know how you should be resonating. You think you know what you should be saying and what colors you should be using and what medium you should be, uh, uh, like, but you don't know until you get feedback. You don't know until you get a response. So that confidence is that translator that puts it out into the world, that helps you put it out into the world. It helps you resonate in a certain way, and then you start to really get a real idea of of what you should be saying. And so I've always had the confidence, and it's it's not egotistical to say that. It's just kind of it's just kind of pure reality. My confidence level has has been borderline insanity, and. <laughs> And, and so it's forced me to, okay, did we finish it? Put it out. Oh, this is what I'm thinking today. Put it out. And so when it, when it comes back in terms of response or feedback or questions or suggestions, it's getting me closer to who I really am or what I want to do in a, in, a, in, a, in a quicker way. And so without confidence, you really don't know the direction. Like, Because when I started this, I, I had the confidence to do what was on the top of my mind, but when I look back to the videos I was producing back in 2013, it was literally me in a chair with a tie talking about branding. It was like this weird B2B business entrepreneurial thing, and, and I look at it now and I just want to throw up. But <laughs> Oh, it wasn't that bad. Trust me, it was so bad. It was so bad that, that like, oh, I can't even bear, I don't know. I, I was going to say I can't bear to stomach people like that now, but it's just, it wasn't who I was. Right. But I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have known that unless I attempted it. Right, you, you had to try mean? it. You had to try it on. Right. You had to give it a go. Right. Yeah. You don't know, you don't know if the dish is correct until you cook it. And the only way to translate that is to have some confidence. Anyone listening to this should probably just take take confidence and strike through it 
and replace it with blind faith. People people think that confidence has to has to make sense. And it really doesn't. It it just has to be movement. It has to be boldness. You know what I mean? And so even the word confidence sounds a li- a, a bit more too practical. You know <laughs> right, I mean? right. I like what you say about blind faith, though. That makes sense because that's kind of uh-huh. what it is. Sometimes you yeah, just have to take a leap and go for it, even though you have no idea how it's going to turn out. Oh, you know what? This, this, this just came into my head. <laughs> confidence is the reward. Ah. It's, confidence is the reward. It's not the tool. Blind faith is the tool. Boldness is the tool. Insanity is the tool. When you put those into use, what you get back is confidence. Confidence is like <laughs> picture a store that all of the people who actually attempt what they want to do in life, those are the only ones that get to shop there. And you go in there and you and you get your confidence jacket, you know. It's, or, or it's almost like it's almost like you winning winning Augusta, and they and they put the green jacket over you. Like that's your confidence jacket. You don't get those until you use a little blind faith or you use a little boldness. Like confidence is confidence are the layers that oh blind faith actually works. Oh boldness actually works. Risk taking. Exactly. Exactly. Confidence. Confidence is just the. Confidence is confirmation. If, if, if someone says, well, I just don't have the confidence, you have to say, oh, you didn't earn it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, come on. It's like, you, you, of course, you didn't get your green jacket. You didn't play. You didn't play in the tournament. Okay. So speaking of playing, persistence has a role to play. Like what you're hearing? Become a patron of our podcast and help us be sustainable. Click that little green Become a Patron button on our Podbean page and it'll get you started. But here's the cool news. There are three different patron levels that you can participate in to show your love and support of our hard work for you. A monthly commitment of just $1, which is less than the cost of a cup of coffee, gets you a large, cool, square sticker for your computer with our freshly designed logo, and you can share the love. For $5 a month, you get two stickers, a shout-out on Facebook and on the podcast, plus our newest patron level of $8 a month. You'll get all the love and swag of the $1 and $5 levels, but also early access to every episode and expert extra, two days early to be exact. So join our patron team at this $8 a month level and be in the know before everyone else. All of your donations are greeted with our deepest gratitude. Thanks for keeping us sustainable. Yeah. yeah. Because playing the game, you know, pursuing a dream, pursuing a goal, trying to get something started, a company or an organization, a new career, a a skill set that you want. Persistence is another, I feel like that's another one of those essential ingredients Uh, But I don't know. What do you think? I mean, what's your perspective on persistence? That is the, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think persistence is the one thing that parallels to, it's the most difficult thing. It it parallels to insanity closer closer than confidence and creativity because persistence more than the other two demand more logistical decision. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, uh, persistence demands positioning. 
and the correct positioning. And I'll be 100% vulnerable and transparent about persistence with me. Love life, kids, personal life have literally been microscopic compared to 99.99% of the people that I know and has been painful, has been damaging, has woken me up in the middle of the night, and and you don't visualize or you don't experience the worst until you finish projects. And it's crazy because sometimes those projects that actually show you the worth of your persistence takes two years and two years and one year and six months. You know what I mean? It's like when I wrap, when I wrap a production and I'm sharing a glass of wine with my like associate producers or whatever and we touch glasses and we say, wow, that was done. Yeah. At that moment, at that moment, I see the value in persistence. And then the next morning, it's all washed away, and you got to go back and go back and again, and all the worry and all the sacrifice all all becomes heavy again. And the only the only thing that really makes that persistence bearable are those small little victories that you have along the way. You start to stack up these little small victories like little badges. <laughs> And, and like, like, like if you're playing Jenga, you're stacking up these little, these little victories that you've had in your past and you're able to step back and look at it and you're about, and you're able to say, okay, I'm almost there. Or I say, oh, okay, I, I see what I'm building. It makes no sense for me to stop now. If you can't step back and look at the small victories that you, that you've made and see what's being built, see that Jenga stack, um, um, rising, that's when persistence is damn near unbearable. And so people who aren't able to look back on what they've done and, and, and translate that into some sort of statement of honor, those are the ones that are done. Those are the ones that will not be able to utilize persistence or understand why they should be doing that. And, and I'll tell you, okay, and, and let me not, let me not just preach. Let me actually, <laughs> let me actually give some tools on how to work. If you look in my studio, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight pictures of past accomplishments on one wall. What a I great have, idea. I have probably I have probably maybe eight walls in this studio right now, and I'm looking around right now. I have eight accomplishments on one of them. In every picture, there's probably seven other people other than me, and we all have. And, I, and I'm talking about dance companies, web series, layman group, youth activism. In every single one of those pictures, there's about seven or eight other people other than me. And when I wake up and walk over to the kitchen to get some coffee, I look at that and I remind myself, oh, there's worse than what I'm doing. If you don't take the time out in the morning or at night to look back on what you've done and realize that you're actually building something, persistence makes no sense. But if you, if you take time to actually look back on the trajectory and realize the story that you're building, that's what makes persistence capable of, of with, withstanding. Um, 
it it also sounds a lot like uh, what you're talking about. What a great idea to have a, a visual manifestation of just a, a snap, like a, a photograph that, or a visual representation of some moment in your life when obviously it's not just a moment; it's a series of moments with people and accomplishments and things that have been done, and and you remember. And yeah. that's that's related to mindfulness. I mean, we've talked about that on this a podcast before, the idea of being mindful. But I like how you're connecting it to persistence and specifically being able to stop, look back, and remind yourself of everything you've done and all the accomplishments you actually have achieved. I mean, right. I, I see people do this a lot with things like dissertations. You know, you get so caught up in doing the research and moving forward and one more sentence and one more sentence, and, and it gets very daunting and very um, overwhelming and very dissatisfying at, at toward the end, at spe- especially because you feel like you're never going to be done. And right. and you 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 got to stop and look back and go, but I wrote three chapters. I have an article. I did all that. It's in my rearview mirror. Look at all of what I've done. So what you're right, talking right. about, and yeah, that makes total sense to me. Like I've I've already won. <laughs> the victory is all the victory is all already, and that and that really just goes back to that goes back to realizing that the journey is is the accomplishment, and all you're really doing all you're really doing is adding chapters into this great novel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and here, here's the antithesis of all of, all of this. It's like here's the juxtaposition, or, or or I guess the the thing that makes it all difficult. We spend 90% of our time looking at everyone else's accomplishment and looking at everyone else's TBT, Throwback Thursday, or, or like, if we, if we think about our diet as human beings, as creatives, we're taking in more of what everyone else is doing as opposed to um, articulating what we've already done. That's so damaging. It's, it's like, I mean, just think about when we wake up, the first thing we do is we pick up our phones, we go to Instagram, and, and, and what we're doing is filling our heads and our diets full of what other people are doing as opposed to kind of like recalibrating where we are on the journey. And I think that that, like, we underestimate the importance or the, the magnitude of social media or just kind of like just being visual people in general. It's like we we have to take the time or balance out the amount of consumption of other people's progress that we do on a day. And it's not even like, oh gosh, I, I don't want to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to stay trying to stay in the lane here because you don't have to say no, no, no. I like where you're going with this. I'm sitting here. You can't see me. I'm nodding. I'm like, <laughs> like yes. Sometimes you need to step away and. Just focus on what you're doing. Yeah. Right, because it's all damaging. It's all damaging to persistence. Well, it sets up unrealistic expectations, right? Because if you see, you know, your friend or your colleague who's, you know, now this person has a book and this person has done this and gone here with their their family and they've done that, it's a constant comparison game that nobody ever wins. And if you're a creative person and you're trying to accomplish something and pursue a goal, it can be extremely discouraging. (laughs) <laughs> right. Especially especially when we have not gotten good at dealing with you know what classes they should be teaching in elementary or college? It should be called other people appreciation. <laughs> That's nice. 
Like, we, we should be learning how not to be haters. Yes. We, as, as human beings, we're not, we're, we're just not good at standings. Like, bravo. We don't, we don't understand how to give our fellow creatives or, or fellow humans curtain calls. We don't know how to applaud the accomplishments of other people and it not be a detrimental statement to what we're doing personally. Yeah. There are a lot of people, even in my immediate family, who translate my accomplishments as statements of who they are. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, you, you're, right? It's the class, I'm, I'm thinking in my world, the classic, oh, well, you have a PhD, so you think you're better than us. It's like, no. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I just like I just like to study nature. Like, why are you getting off? You know what I mean? It's, it, and so, and I think that's probably like we have to start really. You want to talk about practicality? We have to start really realizing our faults as humans when it comes to other people in our circles or other people in our fields or other people who have the same ambitions as us. I've never been. I've never been the type of person that feels threatened by the success or the accomplishment that I see on my timeline. You know what I mean? It's That's like, good. I, I, there's enough, I mean? like, really, at the bottom line is that there's enough pie for everybody. It's, it, you know, right? I, right? You see that meme going around for different reasons, but it really is. It's not about somebody else's accomplishments is not a personal affront to you or impeding your ability to accomplish something. So don't internalize it that way. Right. And, and that. And that, that all goes back to positioning, like positioning yourselves mentally and, and, and also like the persistence is just, man, it, 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 there's even like a physical making sure that you, you can go through the grind of attempting something day in and day out. There, there are days where I, I can go two or three days without getting a good run in mm. and I realize, why am I not? Why am I not editing this video faster? Why can't I decide on what color palette to use on this overlay? And I'm just like, you know what? Let me stop. Let me put my sneakers on, put my headphones on, go run a couple miles. And I get back and I'm like, oh, that's what it is. You have to. Well, that's to me, Doc, that to me, that's honoring the creative process, too. I think bringing it back to creativity as like as a writer, as and now that I'm doing the podcast and editing and I know you as a creative, sometimes you sometimes you need to step away from your own work to get your head just to give your head a break. And And I always try to describe this like the work continues in the back of your mind, even when you're not focusing on it. And that's to me is where those flashes of insight or that realization comes from is when you give your brain a chance to rest and you focus on something else, your brain's still doing the work. You're just not hyper-focused on it. And then when you come back to it, you're like, oh, click. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> That's part right. of the process. Right. And it's, it's, a part, it's a part of the process. And what is your process? You know, it's like, your process needs to have, and I think we, I think we get a little bit, um, probably a little bit too cloud nine or disillusioned about the idea of process. Process is just not, it, it, it's, it's having the ability to create the right mindset or environment to do your thing. You know what I mean? It's, and, and I'm not just talking about burning incense. 
Right. I mean, like, <laughs> right. There's like, more to it than that. <laughs> right. There's more to it than that. That's like, what are the conversations you're having that day? Um, what are the positive actions you're taking that day? How are you feeling physically and, and mentally? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, and so it's just like, I, I know, I know if I don't have a certain rhythm in the morning, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit down and, and write. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to say, you know what? My first two hours this morning, they did not, they did not go well. <laughs> let me do some, let me do some, some email work. It's a lot less creative and I'm not in my, in my perfect creative space to actually jump on. You know, process, process is much more practical and logistical and, and needs, it needs rhythm, it needs patterns, it needs, it needs to be addressed clearly and intensely for, for it actually to, to even be a process. You right. know what I mean? So, and I think yeah. you're right. And I think everybody needs to honor their own process because, and again, it's not a competition. Everybody has a different way of, you know, working and having a process and shouldn't feel bad when something doesn't quite, like you said, you need, you know the rhythm you need in the morning. For me, it's, you know, I haven't done any creative writing over this winter break because I've been focused on so many other things, so many different types of things. And and I know in my own headspace, I'm not in the right headspace to produce creative work right now. So, but that's okay. I'm not going to beat myself up for it. And that's the thing. I don't want our listeners to think, well, I'm supposed to write 1,500 words a day or whatever it is. I mean, that, no, <laughs> you have a process. It's okay to, to honor that process. And then not beat yourself up when that process doesn't work perfectly on the timeline that you think it should. Right. And above all, above all, like, here's another thing, too, that I've that I've kind of come into grasp with over the years. You know, I, I think the YouTube world and the media world has succumbed to and, and, and provided a really rabid platform to and for these people who preach this like this creative grind this kind of like creative entrepreneurial get up and go don't stop work it's even as plainly presented through someone like kevin hart who who is a really like awesome creative and super positive person mm-hmm. but like every instagram story or instagram video he does it's like non-stop work baby i'm up at 6 a.m like gotta do I'm, and i'm just like shut the fuck up <laughs> like, like, yeah like like, like, like take a nap dude <laughs> like, like, Kevin, like, like, first of all like you can't fool creative no. You can't fool creative professionals over the age of 35. Thank or 30. you. Thank you. Because we all know that's bullshit. <laughs> it's all bullshit. Like we know, we know what human is. Yes. And, 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 I, and I think that these, these, you know, young creatives or even creatives in general are fooling themselves about there's there's all of this there's all this like push 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 grind thing. It's just like you know what. I, you might be working 48 hours a week, or, or that, I don't even, that, that doesn't even make sense, like, or whatever, whatever the, whatever the massive hours of work is, right? Like, you may, you may be grinding nonstop, but if I have three hours in my sweet spot, you can't create something that, that I feel is, is, is grander than me. Thank, or, thank you, know you for saying like, that. Amen. Right. That is exactly right. It's like, it's not about, 
I don't know. I hate to see that too. And I tell you something. I'm I'm sure you're probably aware of this, but that is absolutely a classic problem in academia and education circles as well. It's this this um, elevation of the grind to the point where, well, if you're not working, you know, 24/7, you're you're not doing it right. I, um, I call bullshit on that. The grind issue, the elevation of the grind, is is not just in creatives. I think it's in a lot of fields, and it's wrong. It's I don't I don't know if it's an American phenomenon or I don't know, but it's wrong. <laughs> I think I think I, well, let's look. In comparison to the rest of the world, it's definitely an, an American phenomenon. Like I know. <laughs> There's some people over, you know, in France that are like, oh, God, would you guys shut up and have a glass of wine? <laughs> right. I mean, and here's a, let me tell you something. I was that person. Were you really? Huh. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. Like, there are a lot of people that don't understand the, the, the mind state that I was in when I was at the layman group. The only thing to me that translated into a, into a, productive, days, a productive day of creative work was when my head hit the hit the keyboard, and that's when I went to sleep. And then I get up and I do it again. And and when the day I realized that I was done with the layman group, my body physically gave up. Like I'm sitting, I'm sitting at my keyboard, doing work, and I'm telling you, Amanda, <laughs> mid work, mid typing, my body started to break down. I started to tear up. I pushed myself away from my computer in my roller chair, and the words, I'm done, popped into my head. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I didn't and know I, that. Like, oh, I was mid, I was, it was like, it was after our second masquerade ball, hmm. and I was just working, and then I just broke down crying. I, I walked out of my room into the hall, into my hallway, mm-hmm. and was crying in my hallway, and then this just relief of, came over me yeah because i realized oh this is when i'm moving on and i told myself i would never be that person again now do <laughs> i do i do i persist my persistence is probably on another level than than most people you know i i still work a lot mm-hmm. but at nine o'clock you know i'm gonna say you know what i'm done yeah when my head when i'm pulling up at the the, uh, the online thesaurus too much. <laughs> that means I'm done. <laughs> I love you know it. I mean? Yeah. And so it's, it's time for me. To, it's time for me to go pour a glass of wine mm-hmm. and watch Orange Is a New Black. You're right. Or watch The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yep. like it's no point for me to push it when I know if I hit the bed early or put my feet up and watch a good movie six o'clock in the morning when I'm nice and fresh, I'm gonna kill it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's something that I, a lot of us, like I think regardless of industry or field or dreams or goals, I think we have lost the ability to value downtime. Right. And see downtime right. as a crucial essential part of process, of creativity, of building right. confidence, of right giving us the energy to be persistent. Right. We have to we have to get back to the point to where I just put a uh, put a video out the other day where it talks about take care of yourself. Like we we have to we have to realize what it is that take care of yourself actually means or take care of ourselves <clears throat> actually means. We have to just we have to realize our human 
the human side of things. And, that, and that's literally why I kind of redefined the, the blurb or the slug line of this company is uh, exploring the ideas and habits of getting good at being human. Right. And you've got a hashtag now, hashtag getting good, right? Are you going to try and get that yeah, trending? Like, I, I want that to be this. Like, I, here's my thing. It's like there, you have you have companies that put out merch and things like that, and I'm sure I don't think we'll ever do anything that like that represents merch. But I can tell myself I do know that this company is going to be uh it's going to be an e an e-commerce company as well. That's kind of like that's kind of based on the content and based on the community. I look forward to the day where I see someone in Colorado with a getting good sweater on and know that they are part of this community and know that they have kind of like fallen in love with that idea of, you know what, I'm just going to get good at being human. I'm not going to get good at being, you know, the master or the best. It's just like I know that my sweet spot is as human as I get or as I can get, and, and I'm okay with being that. I think that we are not okay with being um, periodically flawed and vulnerable and momentarily confused, you know, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we are, there's so many false facades of what we're supposed to be on our timelines or in society day in and day out that we have misrepresented the value of just being human, you know what I mean? And yeah. so that's, um, I think that's super important to me, and, and, and whatever I create from here on out, if it doesn't resonate, if it doesn't help people feel okay with with just being that human level creative or mother or or teacher or you know what i mean i do so let's let's end this let's end this interview which is this has been such a wonderful conversation we've kind of covered all the area that i wanted to but we went beyond that and it was wonderful and organic and i love it and i think you've given us a lot to think about and a perspective that is valuable because I think a lot of people just assume that, you know, I'm not even going to bother trying. Well, you have to try. And then if you have right. a dream, you really want to try it, you, it. It's worth going for it, just having that blind faith. And, and then if it really is valuable to you, then persist and, you know, wrangle all your creativity and build that confidence. And so you've done that. And I want to give you a chance to plug your company a little bit and tell us what's coming up. So it's uh, if you want to know more about um, Doc's company, it's Doc and company.com and the official tagline is a multimedia culture company exploring the ideas and habits of getting good at being human which I love and I know you said you've got this hashtag getting good but um, you're going to be launching some things so can you tell us about a little bit about what's coming up so people know what to look for and maybe sign up for well the one thing that I'm definitely spending most of my time on right now is developing the docking company uh, mobile app and what that is, is basically for now, the, the beta version is going to be this, this audio journal platform where we can get on, we can wake up in the morning or, or right before we go to bed at night, just open up our app, put it up to our mouths and give this three minute or less audio processing of what happened that day or what we want to happen that day. It's like, I think that I think one of the most classic things that we used to do as a society is journal. You know what I mean? Like, where did that go? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that I think that having that kind of uh, collection of ideas and thoughts on on our failures and our dreams, our ambitions, day in and day out, is going to be super valuable to us. 
So that app is going to be launching early spring. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually moving on it a little, a little faster than I, than I thought I would in terms of 2018. So hopefully I can have that into the hands of people by March. And then we're going to be producing content day in and day out throughout 2018. So hopefully we'll have pieces of content, five to eight pieces of content available to our audience each month. And towards, you know, the end of 2018 or into 2019, I want to start developing some events, maybe like a, a really awesome, uh, thoughtful online conference. I'm really debating that, you know, mm. and so I think the biggest thing for the audience to look out for is the mobile app available in the spring and just new layers of really awesome creative content that they can absorb day in and day out. And, and if you're watching it, if you happen to watch anything that we put out, we just want tons of feedback. Like if it, if it sparks an interest or spot, sparks a thought of something that you're going through, just leave us a message, send us an email because that, that helps us realize like how we want to build on that content and what's valuable to the audience. And so that consistency with that, that production is what I'm looking, most looking forward to, uh, in 2018. Wonderful. Doc, thank you so much for talking to me today. I think you've given awesome. our listeners something to really think about as we go into this year with any goals or thoughts or dreams that we're, we're having to achieve. So thank you. Amanda, it was really, really awesome catching up to you, catching up with you. And, you know, thank you for giving me this platform. And, uh, I really look forward to reconnecting on a, on a, on an even more consistent level with you. And like, thank you so much for developing this. I think it's really awesome that the audience gets adapted to something like this. So the best of luck to you. And if you need anything, you know where to find me. Absolutely, Doc. And the same goes to you. Thanks for listening to this Expert Extra. For more information on our podcast and to find episodes, please visit Inside254Site, that's S-I-T-E dot WordPress dot com. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes, and please follow us on Facebook and Twitter for all the latest. Thanks for listening.